Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, November 22nd, 2013, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Uh, They have over 100,000 titles in their library, and you can uh, purchase individual books, or for real savings, you can sign up for an Audible listener program, which gives uh, book credits each month for a low monthly fee. Uh, you can download uh, them and put them on your PC or burn them onto CD or put them on your iPod or any other MP3 device. It's a quick and easy, fun, and affordable entertainment for people of all ages. Recent podcast guests whose books are on Audible, Pete Wilson, his new book, uh, Let Hope In. Hey, that book was great. It was good. Did you listen to it or did you read it? I read it, so I don't think I've experienced the whole thing. He listened to himself read it out loud. Oh, I do. That's how I, that's how <laughs> yeah. I enjoy every book is I read it. Allowed to so yourself. You're kind of a comp- competitor for Audible, is what it sounds like. Yeah, well, I work directly for Audible because uh, someone has described my voice as Paul Rudd like, and that's what we want, uh, you know, for an audiobook. Right? That's how you want to be. That's how Pete Wilson books read to you. When Pete was writing this and waxing poetically on the beauty of getting to know your narrative and understanding God's story for your life. He heard my voice reading it. He heard Paul Rudd's voice reading it. (laughs) If you want to hear Pete Wilson's voice read it, uh, it's available at audible.com. Also, uh, recent podcast guest Jeremy Courtney, his book, Preemptive Love, is on at Audible. So check those out. Uh, To get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today, go to audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. It's a special offer. Audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Well, joining me here in our Orlando studios, Eddie Koffeltz. Hey. It's nice to be two feet away from you. Yeah, in our in our in our <laughs> temporary studio. table. I don't like it. There's, uh, a new, there's a new table in the studio, and I'm almost with arms reach with with everyone, and it's the, wildly uncomfortable. We're sitting on each other's laps. <laughs> the it is a the birthday boy from Nashville, Tennessee, here with us in the studio, Tyler Huckabee. It's my birthday. Oh. Tyler, is today your birthday? Today, well, we are, we hang no on. Idea. What day? What day is it? Is it? The, it is. It's November twentieth. Yeah. Yep, today's my birthday. Yeah. On the uh, Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, the John Acuff of podcasting, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> and on the Skype line from Nashville, the John Acuff of podcasting, John Acuff or, of John Acuffs. Yeah. Of John I, I'd like to be called the Kanye West of calling yourself Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and you are over there on the ones and twos. Our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great show for you today. Uh, coming up later. Uh, we, we talked to one of our favorite bands, Washed Out. Washed Out is coming up. And we go behind the scenes in the newest show of Relevant. Mindy Kaling is on the oh, cover. What's that today? 12 Years a Slave is mm. in the issue. Just saw that Ooh. this weekend. Holy that's moly. A, still, a, still recovering holy from that moly. one. Lots, lots of good joke material there. Yeah, yeah. the feel good movie of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, what is uh, riff on that one? And we have <laughs> Relevant Recommends coming up later as well. So stay tuned for all that. Um, for, I'm very out of whack here. 
We our normal table, which we have been recording this podcast in for at least six, six of years. the eight years, it has worked perfectly. No Everybody problem. Everybody has enjoyed there was this no, table. There was no problem. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I was looking forward to coming back and seeing that old table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hanging out. Your, your main trip, for, your main purpose for traveling back down was to be reunited temporarily with I the mean, table. The table. Yeah. It got moved out and put in a different part of the office, and we thought, oh, we've got that round table. We'll put that in the studio, and it'll take up a little bit less room. The problem is. It is, you, ne- you neglected circumference. Yeah, it is a child's table. <laughs> we is. are on We're, top of each other. Right, even Lucy sit here and have their little Cheez-Its in the afternoon at this table. Please stop looking me in the eye. You're too close to me right now. I can't I can't, I can't. sneeze without just get like knocking heads yeah. against both Eddie and Cameron. I like so, the way you smell. It's crazy. They're all sharing the exact same pair of headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, John, is this pretty intriguing to you sitting alone in your room? One, one I, microphone. I know. The, uh, the positive thing is I know if it's this interesting to me, imagine how amazing it is for listeners. <laughs> John's a good yeah. John's just if kind of our any, If there's test anything audience. that that uh, you know an audio audience wants to try to visualize, it's a it's a comically undersized table. <laughs> like, tell me more about your furniture. <laughs> We're recording this episode like the Civil Wars. One mic in the middle of this little tiny table. Yeah. Oh. Our lips are almost touching. <laughs> Too that. soon, and we will all yeah. hate this, each other. This by episode the end. is being produced soon. by Rick Rubin. That's why it's got this minimalist, <laughs> intimate feel. So uh, today's Tyler's birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks. What number is this? But this is this is twenty nine. Um, Ooh, so big I year got, for so you. My last year, yeah, my last year as a twenty something. My last year as a, uh, I mean, I, I write a, a lot of articles for like twenty somethings on the website, and I, I don't know. Yeah, what you're I'm quite the authority on twenty. I, I think so. And now you've been one for almost ten years. You're gonna now write from the voice of wisdom, like uh, a yeah, wise sage. sort of sage. I mean, I don't want to yeah. say Obi Wan Kenobi, but sure. I think other people will. <laughs> I think that'll probably come yeah. up as sort so of happy, a, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. You know, it's his and birthday because there's a massive American flag hanging from his desk. <laughs> there is. And everybody came clad in denim, right. apparently. Yeah, right. everybody is yeah. wearing denim. And I, I'm, I, that was, you kind of stole my slice. My, my slice today is going to be about my birthday, but <laughs> you know, find, find something else. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, he did you a favor. Yeah. Let's move on. Do you, do you, have any, <laughs> you guys may have seen this one in the headlines. <laughs> I don't know if you subscribe to the New York Times, I just, but I just the, think we want to talk about this. The headlines on your yeah, Facebook page. A lot of people page. are talking about the issues, particularly my birthday. <laughs> I woke up to like all these Facebook notifications of you changing your photo, really your funny. cover, yeah. your... You're like, like you were my entire feed at eleven thirty at night last night. You're like, make well your wishes. Uh, right? I was, it was really there was yeah, a your fingers on the trigger for, the- for for the stroke <laughs> of midnight. So, John, again, I, I bring it back to you. How exciting is it to hear about Tyler's birthday? Well, I'm like the canary in the coal mine. I know. If you hear me, if you hear me go quiet, I'm like, I'm gonna save the jokes. I know. I know. Uh, I'm just gonna, say- just gonna, I'm gonna ride it out. It's like when you're waiting for a big fun wave. Yeah. And you get these little ones that look like furniture or they look like somebody's birthday. Yeah. So did uh, I told Cameron about this, but Tyler and I had an awkward interaction the other day that I knew was podcast material. Oh, yeah. this is I know exactly what you're referring to. So, like, we have a half hour, 15, 20-minute good conversation about, like, ah, like, we'll have you write stuff. It'll be so fun. Like, that's awesome. And then we're wrapping it up. Like, we're in the closing comments. And I'm like, well, man, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a blast. And he goes... Yeah, I think it'll be good too. Just don't mess it up. And I go, I go, what? What do you mean, don't mess it up? And like you could tell, he was just saying words to say words. And I was like, are you like, are you threatening to fire me from the job I don't have? Um, don't I meant it. It, it was funny in my head. It meant it as like a joke. Like he, obviously, John's not going to mess anything up. He, so this will be funny for all of us. It came across. It was just. It was just a, a, not a well executed. It was not a. Punch it punch came punch. across as kind of an empty threat or. Yeah. 
like, I'll be watching. <laughs> it's like an elf on a shelf sort of thing. As an yeah, editor. Yeah, it was. Yeah. was. So then, like, then we just kind of, we just stopped talking to each other and both hung up. We, we had to get, we had to get the train back on the rails. Is this the first time you two have spoke since, since the yeah, set? Yeah. I think so. I, I wanted to do it with a group. I needed a mediator. <laughs> I, I'd like to also say that I really like having both of you on the show because you both have my two favorite Twitter feeds, but I, th- oh. I, I mean, really funny guys, but John, Speaking of Elf on the Shelf, is it awkward to ask him to tell us one of his sweets? Is that a weird thing to do? Elf on the Shelf, the no, 11 it's months? No, it's not weird. I, think I mean, the Elf on the Shelf no, is well, weird. And that one, the Elf responded to. That was the weird part. No way. Yeah, tell, yeah. Elf tell, on us, tell us a tweet and tell us the response. Do you mind? Well, so I did this tweet where I was talking, you know, we have the Elf on the Shelf. I have two daughters. And first of all, that thing is exhausting. Like, if you have kids <laughs> every morning, you look at your wife and go, Hey, did we remember to hide that elf on the shelf? And then you go, no, we didn't. And then, like, you throw him in, like, a bucket of flour and go, oh, today he's he's a flower elf. And it's just not, kids can tell the creativity was mailed in. Explain, what is that? Because, like, I was not raised with this tradition. It is an elf on a shelf. No, I understand. So uh, it was explained to me. It sounds like a chore to me. It was explained to me. It's a family fun night. Um, (laughs) Your family's there. It's fun. It's at night. No, so some woman in Georgia, I believe, made this elf on the shelf, and you hide him during December and he gets up to mischief and then like you can't touch him and he goes and he tells you know Santa that you did good things or something and so that's what the Elf on the Shelf is and it's a massive huge industry now like she's killed it with it and so every Chris every December 1st he comes down and so if you go on Pinterest like the Elf on the Shelf owns Pinterest during December like there's a thousand and so I keep mine kind of streaked so, like, I had him in a, a little tight, like, one of those yellow little tight cars, and I had him hanging out to the side and said, they see me rolling. Because that's just, that's how I do. Um, <laughs> can, can I be honest? Do this whole explanation, I still have a very vague understanding so, of no, what this so is. So, it's the, is it <laughs> it's the idea? Animal. But it, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not due to your explanation. It's just, this sounds like a very intense concept. No, it's, it's to me, it's, 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 you're telling your child... Like this thing is on the shelf watching you at all times, and if you screw up, it's gonna tell Santa that right. you were naughty. Right. And so it's like it's. I'm waiting for the bad part, but go on. It's the Big Brother kind <laughs> of like we're always watching. Right. Which I will say this: I disagree. I love. I have friends that'll tell me we don't tell our kids about Santa because then later they won't believe us about Jesus. And I always say to that, I've never met a 35 year old that goes. You know what? I would really have a lifelong relationship with Christ, but my kids told me about Santa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Once I knew Santa wasn't real, I was like, "Screw Jesus!" <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I I decided to leave the Christian faith because I just found out Santa is listen not real. Yeah. Right. The tooth fairy actually led me away from God. Yeah. It was a weird. But and I caught my dad giving me money for my teeth, and I was like, I renounce religion. But but the elf on the shelf at, a, at the at the core is fear mongering. I mean, you're trying to instill. I, I, I've, I've missed it. Um, you so you're trying to instill in your children. It's more just like the the elf is full of mischief it's and watching. tomfoolery. Yeah. No, it, it's it, a, you're, you're, when you, when you say fear mongering, it's really let's reframe it. It's it's a mythical creepy creature we don't understand <laughs> that will watch and punish you if you do wrong. It's different. Right. So it's totally. Oh, fun. and he's hide, and he's hiding in your house. <laughs> so you don't you don't do this with your kids, is what you're saying. Well, my my. my my kid is uh, a little young for it, but I'm not opposed. I mean, it sound, I'll be honest; it actually sounds kind of cool. I think I'd be into it once he gets so old enough. Why don't you do it year understand. round? I mean, really, if you just want exhausting, you want to yeah. come up with creativity. Like 
You're, you got to have this guy hanging from the ceiling fan with like a grappling hook made of candy cane. Like, right. it's exhausting. My my elf would right. just sit on a shelf and watch you at all times. Yeah. I mean, he would just sit there kind of like a supervisor. Yeah, I, I knew exactly where it was in my, my grandma's house. Yeah. And as long as we didn't do anything within sight, well, it was... <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> well, it's always in the same place. So, so you, you as anymore. a child... No, I, didn't know that, I didn't know that it was called Elf on a Shelf. Now, we, we knew that God was watching us. That was also an effect. But as a child, you viewed it as almost like a nanny cam or as a video surveillance that if we did it out of view, like Scandal, yeah. there's a spot in the Oval Office where the camera can't see him. <laughs> it's so funny so, how this show has <laughs> consumed your life. So, right can we just give a little PS here that I, I'm staying with Cameron while I'm here in Orlando. <laughs> See a I came lot back, of Kerry Washington. I came back late, I came back late last night, um, and, and it was it was a little after midnight. <laughs> no, it was like 1.15. It was, it was, what was, were you doing? I was, well, I, I was Nothing work, good happens after 1 o'clock. I was celebrating my birthday. Oh, It was my birthday. Naturally. At, at, like at midnight last night. Big night for and, us. Um, <laughs> and I came back, and Cameron was sitting there watching Scandal, which is where I saw him the night before as well, and he said... I've been here for two hours. <laughs> no, two hours. Four hours. But you were there. I went to bed then, and you were still there. You were still going strong at one fifteen in the morning. Dude, I told the night does. before, I watched the entire first season, first season in one, one evening. Day, and I, I did the same thing. I watched I it from it. 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. the first day. That was Sunday. Mm-hmm. and then Or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then I've watched three or four hour chunks since then. Because season two went from the first season was seven episodes right. season two is it's 22 season, right yeah so and whoa halfway through season two right oh my goodness I'm telling okay, you man it just keeps go. getting crazier but anyway yeah this is my i've life. never seen a single episode but cameron yeah, i will neither. say it's yeah. interesting to me that last week you said yeah. you weren't allowed to see like back to the future and goonies and ferris bueller's day off because right. you'd get in trouble and god right. was watching right. and now there's confusion about a a you know somebody you can't see watching you I think that's very, it's almost Christian-like. He's almost like an elf on the shelf on the disciple. That's how we, that's actually how we found a good middle ground with our kids, because we do the elf on the shelf thing, and we've told them that the elf... It's like a babysitter. We told told the girls that the elf created the world. You told that the elf is the the elf. That the elf is omniscient, and (laughs) that you can pray to the elf and uh, be baptized in... It's in the elf. See, in my, you just didn't want to create any confusion. Right. My, my parents had theology. The elf like worked with God. It was sort of like a tag team thing. <laughs> right. Like they, it's the elf like would go report to God. Right. Like, right. right. Like what, God sent the elf did. down to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God sent an ambassador the elf here for us. Yeah. yeah that's a. Be- I thought it was so really we beautiful. We could bridge idea. the gap that. That could not be so. The elf way. bridges the gap and for it, us. And at Christmas, we celebrate right. the elf's coming to Earth. There were just man. four members of the Trinity when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I can't possibly yeah. see how any of you guys would have any spiritual confusion later. <laughs> <laughs> do you you want to hear my tweet? I feel like that's where we started. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. No. So the tweet was: I said, somewhere in a dark box, our elf on the shelf is doing pull-ups, covered in attic tattoos, and anger at being locked up for eleven months. Yeah. So there it is. And, <laughs> and then Elf on the Shelf, the official account, because it's verified, emailed me and said, no, nothing but love. Similarly, I just got a tweet from Chili's. Uh, that's not a joke. Chili's t- tweeted me. So, so like, you say? look like you're, you're a customer of the year? <laughs> <laughs> I just say thank you I, for I'm everything. Not gonna, I'm not going to go through that. We, we've was, got an awesome blossom waiting for you. It, <laughs> it, it was just a dumb joke just, I made on Just out of the blue, Chili says, hey, Eddie, thanks for everything. Hey, just, hey, hey we, Eddie, don't mess up. We, we, just, <laughs> we just recently ran our credit card report. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> our third quarter was fantastic. <laughs> 
once, yeah. Good job. We, we've just, we've just ran some numbers. Once again, we have several bounce checks from you. <laughs> Eddie goes to yeah. Chili's and pays my check. Eddie continually writes rubber checks at Chili's. <laughs> what if he did that as a gag for solid months, you and all your friends had to only pay with check? Like that, that would be, amazing. be so annoying. Like the dude. It's yeah. going to be the next like the hipster dude. movement. Just trust me. It's going to go in oh, yeah, and go back to checks. Checks and opera. We've talked about this. Checks length. and opera. But I never want to let it go because when it happens, I don't want to forget that I said it. Checks Wait, you're saying it. that opera is going to be hipster? Yeah. Checks. There's no opera. punchline to it, John. There's nothing to it. It just it feels. I, don't know. I think it's funny. It feels, I just, maybe it'll happen. I, I wrote a check the other day, and I, I my penmanship because I can't even remember the last time I wrote something by hand was so bad I was embarrassed to <laughs> hand the person the check. Like it took me like right. three times as long as it should to write the check. Right. And, and you and then once it. I did, I looked at it. I'm like, that cannot be the handwriting of someone who is is an adult. Yeah, you spelled hundred H U N N I D hundo question mark. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've had that with 90. I've wanted to leave out the E. Like 90, I'm like, oh, snap. Also, just because we've been listening to the feedback, there are now six guys on this show right now. It's, I just realized. It's true. Well, five and a half women. Uh, I, feel, I feel like that's what they were asking for. Yeah. They were like, more male opinion. So I, I feel like, interpret that? Tell us more about check writing and there's one that you think are funny. The blog's been blowing up lately about that. Like, where are the men in Christianity? Where are those male yeah, voices? Well, it's just not fair. And we Relevant or looking to change that? So Mark Driscoll will be on the show today. <laughs> hey, please send those emails to Cameron. Yeah, I, I don't need any of those. We can squeeze another man in this room. Let's do it. Well, yeah, well we, in the room, but not on the table. <laughs> you just described like every nightclub in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get things rolling uh, with entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, November 26. Shearwater is coming out with fellow travelers. Mm-hmm. Sun Glitters is coming out with Scattered Into Light, and Five Iron Frenzy is finally coming yes. out wow. with uh, Engine of a Million Plots. I feel like we've been talking about this for five years. Okay, so I'll believe it when it I is please, on the table. Can I please address Five Iron Frenzy, Frenzy directly in case they listen? Um, I named my dog Reese after, you know, Reese, Reese Roper. Roper. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not a joke. And I love Five Iron Frenzy Re- so much. Reese and Chili. <laughs> <laughs> Two of your great loves. I hate you, man. Anyhow, I just wanted to tell you that I love you guys so much. That's it. Next. So we. I almost just made a five for fighting joke because that's who I thought you were talking about. Like no. I was, I almost just said, "Is the new album called Aquaman?" But I didn't. Now I'm glad. I think I'm going to get Eddie on the phone with Reese. Yeah. Just watch me giggle and talk about how rad he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you guys can get together over uh, some baby backs. And- <laughs> <laughs> the chili queso dip. Uh, did I? Did I tell you how I offended a Chili's waiter one time? No. Just I may one? have told the story. I, I think was. I told the story where we were talking about tipping one time. The guy came to my table and he saw that I was running low on my salsa. Oh, yeah. Oh, the you guy have told this story. story. I love this. Uh, yeah. Still good. Yeah. Finish Still it for John story. real quick. Just to give it Okay. The so, so the guy comes to my table and he's like, hey, can I refill your chips and salsa? And I'm like, no, but you can give us more salsa. <laughs> and just kind of like, hey, yeah. And he just looked at me like defeated. Yeah. Like, just crushed. He's like, 
All right, I'll have that. I'll, I'll have that right. <laughs> that was sort of your generation's "Don't mess it up," which is why <laughs> <laughs> it was just a poorly executed line to the guy. Yeah, that, yeah. it was an awkward one of his go-to moves. He was like, "People love the sausage." <laughs> so, when I, so when I stroke that check at the end of the meal, that's a hefty tip. Little did he know. There was not enough in the bank account to cover it. <laughs> I, got I got a tweet about that a while ago. <laughs> uh, movies coming out on Wednesday, November 27th. Old Boy, uh, Josh oh, Brolin and Elizabeth Did Olsen. you see the original? I, I have seen the original. Disturbing. No. It's a little violent. Okay. Uh, Frozen, the animated film, uh, Kristen Bell and Josh Gad voice. Also disturbing. <laughs> Very dark. <laughs> And Black Nativity, starring Forrest Whitaker, Tyrese Gibson, Angela Bassett. Is this the film that this he talked that, to us yeah, about? Yeah. So yeah. Forrest Whitaker is in the next issue of Relevant. Neat. Um, talking about this movie. Um, when can we talk about David Blaine? Is that <laughs> Let me finish this. <laughs> movie, on it, movie, on it. Movie releases coming out Friday, November 29th. So two days later, Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. It's coming out. It's supposed to be really You know good. who knew you were going to say that? David Blaine. <laughs> He knows everything. <laughs> Does he know everything? Like the oh, elf on the yeah. shelf? <laughs> it was phenomenal. Jesse, yeah, qu- to talk yeah, about it. Did something happen this week or oh, something? Yeah, yeah a, there was a oh, TV special oh, last yeah, night and he read everybody's the, the television event of the millennium. I'm sorry, I was watching Scandal on a binge. <laughs> yeah. So so okay. I walked into the studio and you guys were like all a Twitter about yeah. David Blaine. Freaking out. Jesse, talk about it, it. Most people who listen to this podcast know David Blaine is one of my all-time heroes. Yeah. Like on the, on the people I, if I could hang out with It'd be like him, Bill Murray, and maybe Michael Jordan, but David Blaine at the top of that list. Really? And he had his comeback special last night because they haven't done any you know TV stuff in a while, where he goes into the homes of celebrities and performs close-up magic. Yeah. Okay. And the tricks were... I should say tricks. What, what am I saying? Illusion. The actual magic. <laughs> yeah. The, the dark arts the that, he conjured, yeah, that he conjured from the devil. Were yeah, that stunning. he conjured from a, a dark dimensions beyond our own in the homes of celebrities. <laughs> it was, was phenomenal. Mind blowing. So I had a I had a poker night on Friday and, and oh. one of the guys at the table, I didn't know him, but he was a magician. Never play poker with a magician. No, well, that's a thing. Yeah, that was your, me, yes, that was you, your he mistake. He took all your money. He, he, he was doing card tricks and stuff. I was like, I'm never playing poker with you again. I mean, it was like, this is terrifying. And up close, up close tricks are, are it's, mind-blowing. Yeah, and this stuff was... What Blaine did was out of it, like... Yeah, it, it was let me it defied you description. Did your, did your poker buddy shove an ice pick through his hand? Can he? And had Kanye West pull it out of his hand. Yeah. Kanye yeah. looked gobsmacked. Yeah. Yeah. No blood. No blood. The, the Harrison Ford one was the one that got me, though. Because Harrison Ford is unable pretty much to do anything other than be Harrison Ford. He's so he visually was, shaken. Right. Like, right. like yeah. David Blaine asked him to think of a card. Yeah. Okay. And... And, and you know, Harrison Ford says he's thinking of a card. David Blaine walks over to a priest. He's in, he's in Harrison Ford's own kitchen, walks over to a piece of fruit, grabs a knife, cuts open the orange, and inside the orange is the card rolled up. No. How is that possible? That, that, Harrison Ford told him to get this, out of his I house. I saw David <laughs> Blaine one yeah. time. You did? I, have witnessed, I have witnessed David Blaine's magic, literally, like, at arm's length. Hey, and I didn't know that. It, it, it literally there is it defies explanation and logic 
Like I said, the man is a national treasure. Probably one of those powerful human beings on this earth. Yeah, he is Nikolai Carpathia, if we remember the Left Behind series. It's a good thing people like that aren't evil. Like, what if David Blaine was evil? Like, it was actually dark arts. Like, it was like, well, I mean, if he if he used his powers instead of for television specials, yeah, instead instead of like doing tricks for Will and Jaded Pinkett Smith, but he could so easily be president. But if he is evil, and this is what he's using his power for, that's true. Yeah, I don't mind that. Awesome TV show. Yeah. An hour yeah, but you don't know dinner. what he's doing behind when the cameras are off. That's true. You know? <laughs> Soak on that. <laughs> Just let me have this, John. I need to know David Blaine isn't evil. Hey, Jesse, can we agree on this, though? Can we agree that the greatest magic trick that's been performed in our lifetime is David Copperfield and Claudia Schiffer? You, you yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, until, I thought you were going to say Statue of Liberty, but they're right no, up there. <laughs> until until David Blaine matches that, I don't. You yeah. know, I just don't have a lot of time for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. That that is a pretty amazing illusion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases and your David Blaine update. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. We were just kids, just limited, Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Midwestern Seminary, a school unashamed about its sacred calling to train and equip men and women for the church. Midwestern Seminary offers undergraduate and graduate courses that are available both online and on the beautiful campus in Kansas City. For more information, visit mbts.edu. You're listening to Switchfoot. They're back. The song is Who We Are. Were people asking, switch, who are you? Switchfoot. <laughs> yeah, we know. Who are you? <laughs> Switchfoot. That's who we are. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast here at Best Coast with This Lonely Morning. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, this is sort of, well, I think it's a, a sad story, but may, maybe people on this podcast will be uh, of a different opinion. Um, the National Retail Federation has uh, revealed the results of a survey and found that this Thanksgiving day, does anyone know, it's starting at about 6 p.m., how many American shoppers will actually be shopping on Thanksgiving day and Thanksgiving evening? Man. Will start their, their Christmas shopping on the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, I mean, 42 like million. 74. Everybody's opening at like 8 p.m. now. On th- Six. On, I really yeah. hate that. Six o'clock. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's 33 million Americans. It's, Ooh, uh, I serve one, one out of every 10 American will spend their, part of their Thanksgiving evening uh, at like a, a, a store fighting crowds to try to get Black Friday deals before Black Friday on, on Thanksgiving. They, at Walmart, they're opening so early, they're open at 6 o'clock, that they're actually having Thanksgiving dinner for their employees at the store. That's not depressing. It's the positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of you guys Thanksgiving Day shoppers? No. 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 I'm not, I don't do Black Friday. It's like, if I want to be stepped on by people, I'll go to the carnival. 
Yeah, and it's also it's just like just go online. I don't even understand. So do these places they joke. open like at eight o'clock? Does that crowds. mean that they stay open throughout the night then? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. like so like some people long. are going to be starting to stand in line Thanksgiving morning. Yep. Yeah, that's do. what's ha- that's the slow that's the slow evolution. Wow. Is that Black Friday is going to start on the just day before Thanksgiving. Black Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just going to go. How did, now, I, I was complaining about this to somebody, or, or it may have been a tweet, I don't remember, and somebody said I was being insensitive to people who need these deals for shopping. Because oh, they, they yeah, yeah. Months. You know, they're not buying, like, lo- like firewood well, that was was my, like, that was yeah. my yeah. thing. It's not like 25% yeah. off toilet paper. It was like paper. Black Friday for bread and milk and children's <laughs> medicine. I don't want to sound insensitive, but Black Friday is not, a, is not the day where, I mean, there's, I feel very bad for the people who have to work on Thanksgiving Day. I feel like those people, I, I want to be sensitive to how bad that is. But if you're Black Friday deals, you're going out to buy big screen TVs, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah, There's so nobody that bad. needs to buy stuff on. I mean, I don't care about Black Friday. Thank I'm you for affirming with, me in that because I... I've, yeah, because you can't feel bad for the employees that have to spend the time away from their family and still go shop on that day. Yeah. Yes, yeah. except that they get hours that they weren't getting before, which maybe... In a way, you're paying them. That's very magnanimous for you. Like, <laughs> you're paying them to eat, to eat turkey at Walmart. That's why I don't put the cart away in the grocery store parking lot. My wife is like, go put it back where it belongs. I'm like, I just employed somebody. That's change you can believe in, what I say. <laughs> what do you have, Eddie? All right. So, interesting story. And I, I've actually been really curious what your thoughts are on this. Um, so, there is obviously a lot of churches that are going multi site, new frontiers, and how churches and congregations worship. It's not all just Sunday morning anymore. This is not news. But um, there is a church that is uh, launching a brand new online campus. So, they watch the sermon online, they participate in worship online. There's an online pastor. And uh, they chat online and do the whole thing on their computer, which, again, is probably its own conversation. But there's a layer that I haven't thought of that has caused an uproar in this church, Central United Methodist Church in Concord, uh, just northeast of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, It was the fact that online users are being encouraged to take uh, communion at their home. And so what they're doing is online users can grab some grape juice or any bread or crackers that they have in the house and consume them after the pastor in the sanctuary blesses the juice and bread and uh, that represents the body and blood of Christ. And so... So they want you to snack during the service. Well, they're saying prepare your own communion at your house, have it in front of you, mm-hmm. and then the pastor does the full blessing of it, and then you take communion at your house. And uh, there is there is an uproar about this in certain... Uh, circles and it's making news and I was curious what you all thought about it. Well, what, what's the uproar like what, what, from a like theological yeah, that, concern? Right, 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 right. Isn't it, uh, uh, some um, a Roman Catholic blogger said, uh, isn't this taking it a, a bit too far? How much can you trivialize, trivialize what should be sacred? And so the really, the question of this comes down to the view of of communion, do you believe that it's a symbolic uh, sure. gesture that's happening, sure. or do you believe that it's actually the body and blood of Christ? Right, um, but I think it's a really interesting question. I was curious: Do you guys does this ring as like totally fine with you, and you would do this in your home, or is it just taking it too far? Well, I, I mean, I personally have concerns about the whole idea of online church in the light of like the scriptural mandate of don't forsake the gathering together mm-hmm. with fellow believers sort of a thing. And if you're alone in your room, I mean, watching a sermon or listening to a podcast, great. That's feeding your spirit. I get it. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's not what the biblical expression of church is. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's kind of like for your own edification, mm-hmm. but it's all about you. It's not about community. So you're saying yeah. it shouldn't substitute 
going community to in my opinion it is not a substitute yeah. for community it is not a community in and of itself it's just a way to you know hear a good teaching and get spiritually fed but again it's not the expression of what church was intended to be so to me this is just another extension of that it's it's neat to turn your mind toward you know do this in remembrance of me and that's neat but mm-hmm. it is not probably what the ex- the intended intent would have been for I, communion. I, I, I think I agree, but to play devil's advocate, what would you say to some... We're all aware That's that, actually called David Blaine. Is the devil's advocate. <laughs> the devil's advocate. To, play, to, play David, to play David Blaine play, for a second. To play elf on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Not to sound like a total elf on a shelf, but what, if, what about people who say, as many of us would, that we've had some really good moments of online community that mm-hmm. through through the internet we've we've found some friends and we've had some good conversations and did, discussions. did the community but I, but end? that's not church i mean well yeah you might have met your wife on on you know eHarmony, but you wouldn't say and that's my new church so i don't think cameron's saying you can't have good things happen i just i'm with him in the sense of i don't think it's a permanent solution i think it can be a great temporary solution like if you can't make it or you've got a, kid, a sick kid or yeah. you know you're on vacation there's a million ways I don't know, or maybe you're in another country. And in that sense, it is, yeah. you know, we get to watch this and it's, it's meaningful. I guess for me, it's not an issue with the communion because our church doesn't do communion much. Like I'm seeing more and more kind of new churches or like modern churches. Like I feel like we did communion every week growing up. Yeah, um, yeah we do too. Like maybe yeah. sometimes yeah. two or three times during service. And I feel like current, I mean, are you guys seeing that? That modern churches do it once a month or like once a quarter? Yeah, I mean, our church was once a month and I bet we'll be every week before the end of the year. Yeah, it's increasing. My, my church still still does it every Sunday. Well, the, the reason is, is it is hard to find a sermon where the appropriate application isn't communion. Hmm. It, hmm. it is really hard. I mean, just we're, we're not talking about what is liturgy, what is right, what is wrong, but it is hard to not end the moment of preaching with that being the first application hmm. either coming to the table for uh, nourishment or repentance like it, it's it it really is pretty consistently the next um right step as we say but i'm with you online community to me is still something that like i don't want to be curmudgeon about because i believe that a lot of people are having significant experiences in that but it feels very weird to me and our church doesn't but but think about the, the e-harmony thing like i met met somebody online or whatever but the relationship doesn't stay online it the no, relationship true. becomes a in person very thing. true and i feel the same way about church i think like yeah i have a sick kid or i was traveling and i want to stay connected with the teaching series or what's happening mm-hmm. in my home body but it's not it's not a replacement for and so therefore i i, I think that the communion thing is not a replacement for you know yeah. well yeah like WebMD, you eventually go to the doctor to learn you don't have horrific head cancer yeah. <laughs> which is what you've diagnosed yourself with right? yeah um, it doesn't mean WebMD is bad it just means it's a great starting but maybe it's not the finishing yeah, everything i've ever looked up at WebMD, i i end up thinking i have a tumor at some oh, point. sure. Yeah. It's all, it, it always, yeah, it. it's a dark cycle, the WebMD. <laughs> well, I do have those symptoms. I, did, yeah, I didn't go to quote unquote medical school, but the guy who wrote this WebMD article might have. Also didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is why, because, because you're not having a conversation with somebody who's actually there, you're trusting a website. Didn't I hear a story that one of the NBA players that goes to our church then had never done it before and grabbed the goblet of wine and took it back to his seat? I don't remember that. You don't remember that story? <laughs> oh, I, I, I think hope that's that true. was me. I don't think that's true. <laughs> All right. That sounds awesome. Urban legend. <laughs> I heard he shook it up like champagne in the NBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is how we do it. At <laughs> Everybody gets their own yeah. individual bottle of champagne. Yeah. And we close every <laughs> service by shaking it on. Shaking one, it. two. That rules, guys. <laughs> you start going to church 
covered for the goggles. Yeah, go- you have those like safety goggles on, <laughs> rain slickers. I always, that always like when they're in the locker room celebrating. You know, I'm like you're kind of ruining the celebration when you have the, the those stupid work goggles. You're not operating a circular saw back here. Yeah, but nobody you know, wants to get it's spraying champagne and celebrating. But let's not ruin it by looking like. Walt and Jesse Pinkman, you know. <laughs> When's the last time Jesse you had champagne in your eyes? I'm just curious. That's a real. That's the question. I'm trying to think the 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 last thing that I've won, which is probably recently. Um, <laughs> it's too numerous. You know, I win a lot of big achievements and things that people just randomly spray me down with champagne. But. What if that became a thing that you just did? Like you were the guy known for that. Like when some when your friend got a promotion, you went over his house and just did like the spray down, and then you left. Yeah, j- j- just throw the empty bottle of champagne and leave. And Even just yeah. really, really subtle things like you, you get your credit card gets approved when you're buying gas. You know, and it's like yeah, like you approved. mow the lawn yeah. and you're like, hey man, your lawn looks great. Um, hey, have we heard from Chili's today about that bounce check? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Check that's why, it up. That's why you're bouncing checks. So your money's going to champagne. Celebrate yeah, champagne. which is also paid for in bad checks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, Tyler? Uh, well, I'll, I'll go quickly here, but I, I came across some news. Do you guys remember that uh, that website? Or maybe this was just something that I went to because I'm the young one. I know that is uh, it, it was called RateMyProfessor.com. Sure. You guys familiar with that? You're the young one. Seriously, I'm 29 years old. Today, Hold 29. On. Actually, it's my birthday. Young, are you the youngest? in here yeah. yeah oh yeah hey am i am i the oldest yes oh yeah how old are you 37 Dang. when's your birthday uh december 19th which means no good presents oh, man, that's uh, awesome. so you're almost 38 yeah, you get the combo presents yeah but you're the next birthday coming up here on the podcast don't mess it up <laughs> nice job, well, well rate rate my professor if, if you don't know it's just a website where students and yeah, tell, tell john can, about it <laughs> john what it is it's a website on the internet uh, what Wait, we call is this, uh, on, is this in the yellow pages <laughs> well <laughs> if that helps you sure it's like you the yellow pages. You, john let me ask you this how many free aol discs do you have left? <laughs> that's what i'm gonna need yeah. technology is circular <laughs> hundreds of thousands of hours thank you call it college students can go online and they can just put in a, a rate of a, a rating four star of the, rating. It's of pretty. Another it's like family fun night. Pretty self explanatory. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rate your professor. So as as you may or may not know, I didn't know this till today, but but Professor James Franco is a has been teaching classes at NYU and awesome. UCLA. Awesome. And I don't know. I didn't know he had his PhD. I don't believe he does. But he's but he's teaching classes. <laughs> but you there. can be a guest lecturer. You can be, but he's not. He has his own class. He, no, well, he, he can be an associate he does professor. Have, I think he has a PhD from UCLA. Is it a, is it honorary though, or is it a real thing? No, Did no, he do his I know time? He, I don't know for sure if it's a PhD, but I know he was taking grad school English literature classes and for a he long has his time. Masters. And I'm he not actually sure of that. I just know he's been to California. So, <laughs> well, he evidently during one of these classes, and I don't know the story behind this, but he was given a D by a professor, and he got that professor fired. Um, which isn't the point of the story. It's sort of a a little footnote because <laughs> because uh, a, I found a website that. Went Went to to uh, rate my professor and pulled some select ratings of Professor James Franco off and and he's um I wouldn't say he's batting a thousand or anything. Uh, one of the one of the reviews reads James is a nice guy. I guess it's not Dr. Franco. James is a nice guy, but he's a terrible professor. He never <laughs> grades the papers. He's always asleep in class. I once got an F on a test because asleep. I wouldn't. I once got an F on a test because I wouldn't share my meatball sub with him. <laughs> Dude, and, he sounds like how I would be a professor. And here's my favorite line. 
Our improv lesson sucked because he wanted to, us to be the Green Goblin and chase him around the room. What? That is complete <laughs> malarkey. That is written by him. Another one says, amazing class because we got to make a feature film with an A-list talent, but James seems sleepy and distracted and doesn't give feedback because he doesn't read our writing. James is a joke of a professor. Mm. So we... So I why, like, here's my thing for him. Why would he even do it if he, if he didn't know. care or his but, heart went in it? But if I don't he could know. do kind of basically anything, wouldn't you do random stuff like that? Like I, I think, I think like he's in it for the meatball subs. <laughs> 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 for meeting ladies and getting meatball subs. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently, hey, what's up, girl? Hey, dude, give me by that meatball sub. Somebody should tell him about Subway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this person says an F on a test. There could have been other factors there. But the meatball sub thing does sound kind of incriminating of James Franco. Although, I would absolutely be very into chasing him around the room as Green Goblin. <laughs> that would probably be the highlight of my academic career. Well, I would be Ryan Reynolds <laughs> as the Green Goblin chasing him around the room. So that's that's all I brought. There I found go. those quotes. <laughs> we, can, we can take it out of the. Have, we can take it out of the podcast. No wait, dude. This is your birthday. Really that's s- right. You leave you, that in. You get a lot of grease. <laughs> a lot of grease on your birthday. Chad, don't mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What do you have, John? Well, I, uh, I saw that Forbes released their 2013 list of highest paid musicians. Oh. oh. And so I thought, one, I, w- I would like you to guess what the number one highest paid musician of the year it's is. It's for the last 12 months? Yes. Taylor Swift. Rihanna. That would be Lady Gaga. I would also go with Taylor. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to say Beyonce. You might know her as Madge, but most people call her the Material Girl. Really? Still? 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 She's yes. So in, 20, in 2013. Who, who is paying her money? She made $125 million in 2013. Madonna. Was she on like a Live Nation tour or something? It was her tour. They said merchandise sales at concerts of her Material Girl clothing and her Truth or Dare fragrance. Keeping it relevant. Wow. wow. Truth or dare fragrant. Ugh. I didn't. Have, She's gross. <laughs> you don't wear that? I would not want to smell like anything Madonna not has ever podcast. done. <laughs> I'm not going to wear that junk. <laughs> That's a pretty good tweet. I would not want to smell like anything Madonna has ever done. Uh, so here's a, the third place. Third, third place. place person is a guy. It's a, it's a group led by a guy. Bono. See if you can guess that. Bono. One Direction. A group. Bon Jovi. What? What? Wow. Yes. See this 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 list. I may have mentioned this before. It doesn't surprise me when you think that the number one shows on TV are like CBS sitcoms and Seriously? NCIS. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to like diminish, demean the collective taste of our culture, but you know, some people just like the like the Madonna's two and a half men and Bon Jovi of the world. You, know? you just compared Bon Jovi to CSI. That's a, that's a fascinating game. Like what band is the TV show? <laughs> yeah. Like, bon Jovi is definitely the CSI of music. That's a know? great closing question for next week. What, so what, what was number okay, two? Like what band is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Red hot chili peppers. No, First thing comes to my mind. Uh, no, I, I would say someone maybe a little less, a, a little bit, a little more obscure. Yeah, obscure but dirtbaggy. Yeah, well, they're but, definitely dirtbaggy. But, dirt but it, it doesn't mind being raunchy. Oh, oh, Jared Leto and his band. Thirty seconds to Mars. Thirty seconds, seconds to Mars. Yes. Yeah, I think that might be the one. Like, what you know? Who's the Big Bang Theory? What band is that? Uh, so cheesy radio hits. Yeah, pop punk. Kind of like the Get Up, uh, Get Up Kids. Maroon, no, Maroon, Maroon Five. Maroon Five is right. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maroon Five was uh, uh, a TV show. It would have to be like a one-hour like drama. 
but, you know, but that the, takes itself that takes itself too seriously. It's, it's mass market. Take it, there's a sexiness it's scandal. Scandal. <laughs> Cameron is addicted to Maroon Five. Just <laughs> got personal. Sexiest man alive, by the way. People Magazine is a. Uh, it's definitely Cam- scandal. Cameron, whatever. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cameron. Cameron's Adam Levine is. Yeah. Adam Levine. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen Scandal. I, I would either. highly suggest it. I just started on Sunday. It's I'm the telling Be- you, it's the Beatles of television. There it is. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> Already it got it. Highly hyped and uh, lives it, up to the It's the hype. smell of Madonna on TV. <laughs> it, it, it's nothing like Breaking Bad, but Breaking Bad only got better as the show progressed, and and this show is doing the same thing. Really? It only gets better every episode. It gets more intricate, more complex more compelling i'll just wait till you get to the new season i can't wait your your text I'm, the other night is the one that got me going again i, know. I just fin- it was like 11 30 i just finished the new episode and i texted cameron I said whatever you're doing right now turn on scandal turn on scandal you got to get caught up <laughs> yeah so i'll be pop in your maroon five cd <laughs> get to the TV. all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next watched out You're listening to Birds of Tokyo. They're very melodic, those birds that they have there. The song is The Others. Uh, Washed Out is actually Ernest Green. Uh, he's he's a young guy from Georgia. Shocking how young he is when you hear the music. It's it's it, it, it's surprising. He's, he's younger than me. Yeah. Who makes, uh, he makes bedroom synth pop. That sounds blurred and woozily evocative. Like someone smeared Vaseline all over an early OMD demo tape, then stayed up all night trying to recreate what they heard. Well, that's nice. His words, not ours. That's That's awesome. (laughs) His uh, second full length, uh, his debut was grabbed us in the office. It's um, unbelievable. Uh, Go check it out if you don't. If you didn't hear it, his second album just came out. It's called Paracosm. It's a concept album that explores uh, like the album's namesake phenomenon, where people create detailed imaginary worlds. The concept has been used to describe fantasy lands like uh, Tolkien's uh, Middle Earth or C.S. Lewis's Narnia. Um, it, it's all over the album. It's amazing. It's a great album. You definitely want to check it out. He, he hasn't thrown out any of the, the synth and computer stuff you love about the first one, but yeah. he made a conscious decision to expand the sonic palette on this album, which resulted in the employment of more than 50 different instruments. It's very, very cool. Our very own birthday boy, Tyler Huckabee, recently spoke to him. Here is Ernest Green of Washed Out. You had a few different bands before Washed Out. What was it about uh, about the well, what you're doing with Washed Out that made you be like, okay, this is the this is the one I want to hitch my wagon to. Like, I think this is going to be it. Yeah, I mean, 
it really wasn't that planned out. Um, I started doing the washed out kind of stuff, thinking that someone else would come and sing on it. Like I'd never really been a singer. Um, and, you know, I recorded some vocals just as a holding place for someone else to come in. And, um, you know, I had maybe 20 followers on my stage when I put up songs. <laughs> I, I never expected anyone to hear it, really. Um, and then it kind of became this whole other thing, and it was like, you know, my main focus. So, um, yeah, it was. It, you know, there wasn't much fucking happening at all. It just sort of happened really So what do you do when you're working on your second album on Paracosm and your, um, do you just like try to record another album full of feel it all arounds or do you like try and, and very intentionally break from what you've done before to, to evolve? How do you even approach that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, um, I definitely never want to make the same record over again. You know, I want to do something new and, and fresh for me. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to. I still want to kind of have a connection to what I've done and kind of have some kind of thread connecting everything. So I guess that's a real challenge: is kind of evolving in ways that make sense and still kind of have a connection to whatever it is the washed out sound is. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that in the back of my mind, and then on a more kind of immediate practical level I had some things that just made a lot of sense that I wanted to try out like I was tired of playing the synthesizer so much on stage um, and wanted to just use some different instruments uh, so I just started experimenting and before I knew it I had you know a lot of songs um, and whether or not you know it makes sense you know it's really not as synth-heavy, that's for sure. It's not as electronic feeling yeah. of a record. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's. I try not to think too much about it and just kind of do it, you know? anything on your first album where listening back to it you tried to like make kind of a chorus adjustment besides just like you were tired of doing one thing or another thing but there's something you feel like makes this album stronger yeah i mean i think from beginning to end it's definitely stronger and uh conceptually kind of a lot more all-encompassing like uh the first couple of gps that i did and even the first full length was a little bit more Scatterbrain, I guess, and just um, I was just kind of writing songs on a whim, and then 
when I had enough songs for an EP or a record, I would just kind of put it out. <laughs> and this uh, Paracosm was much more um, connected, I guess. Like um, I was kind of writing all the songs at the same time and finishing them like all together. And you know, I very much wanted a kind of palette of sounds that made sense across the board and a kind of natural progression from song to song and all of that. So um, I think it makes more sense on that level. Like from beginning to end, it's the strongest thing I've done, sure. Would you say there's a, any sort of lyrical theme to the album? Yeah, I mean, there's there are a few kind of rough themes. There are kind of vague themes that I started with. Um, I knew I wanted the record to be kind of optimistic feeling, so I was writing mainly in major keys, uh, which was, I had done that before, but not for an entire record, and I uh, felt kind of challenged to like make an interesting, positive-sounding record, you know? Um, and so, and lyrically, like I, I had like the paracotton idea pretty early on about kind of the music being a sort of soundtrack to a daydream or like a real basic idea like that. And, um, the idea of kind of escaping was pretty big. I had just gotten off of tour mm-hmm. for a couple of years, just a lot of heavy travel and being away from home. And, um, my wife and I moved to a house, um, kind of out in the country, really, in Athens, Georgia, and um, it was very much this feeling of getting away from everything, getting away from the road, and just kind of not doing anything for a while, and just having fun making music again, and so I think that lyrically kind of was there in a lot of the songs, just talking about getting away from everything, and, um, and that being a good thing. You mentioned you're trying to write more positive or at least more major key stuff and it seems like there's and maybe this is a generational thing but i don't think so it seems like a lot of people's favorite songs are or there's this idea that music can only be interesting if it's sad or if it's angry or if it's angsty yeah. or heartbreak or whatever yeah. is that something you're like trying to like actively trying to get away from yeah that, with this record yeah in particular um I mean, I grew up on, like, one of my favorite bands growing up was Radiohead, and I mean, I still think they're an amazing band, but um, there's just this pessimistic quality that's there throughout. Um, I just feel, maybe it's getting older or something, but I just feel like uh, there's enough kind of negativity in the world already, and um, 
it's best to kind of focus on the positive and I agree I feel like in indie rock especially there's this kind of emphasis on more like darker ideas or just weightier kind of ideas and I felt like it was in some ways a kind of rebellious quality about just making a record of just really happy fun songs you know that's kind of what I was trying to do I was washed out. Check them out at washedout.net. Listening to Kurt Vile. He's always so curt and vile. Sinister. <laughs> Can't stand him. It's, it's really vile Kurt. I think you're pronouncing <laughs> yeah. it wrong. That, that vile Kurt like, sounds, sounds like a, a garbage pail like kid. A, sounds like a garbage, garbage pail kid. <laughs> vile Kurt. I, I know exactly what that would look like. Yeah. Um, the song is Never Run Away. Maybe it's two adjectives. Maybe he's very curt as well. Um, that's what He's I vile, said. Hurt and oh, Jesse, how do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a genius. Did I miss? Did I miss your joke? <laughs> Literally, that was the first thing I said. He's curt and vile. Thanks for listening, Jesse's I'm looking at them. I'm looking. I got the magazine in hand. I'm just engrossed, even though I've seen it. Many times. Thousands of times at this point. This is a weird segment. <laughs> this, this, we didn't even start Did on the rails. Ever think about vile as being an adjective. <laughs> what are we talking about, guys? What are we talking about? Who's, who's Kurt Vile? <laughs> what are, guys, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> We're, we are grown men. <laughs> and this is how we spend our waking people hours listen on this to, People listen to this? They're, the oldest person in this room, the youngest person in this room is 29 years old. This is far too late into life to be doing this. <laughs> well, the new issue of Relevant is out. Came out a couple weeks ago. The uh, cover is uh, one of the most buzzworthy female actresses going today, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Uh, she does it all. She's, she's the next generation uh, Tina Fey. Um, and so it's, it's a, it was a unique issue because I was around for the planning, but not the... That's right. The, uh, execution the execution of those plans uh, being on sabbatical. I did. I did get a chance to come in, you know, for the last couple of days of the issue, and we actually that's when we decided to put Mindy on the cover. Yeah, it was like the day before we went to print because originally the cover story was going to be Twelve Years a Slave. And Twelve Years a Slave. That was a that was a a fascinating article for us to put together because we were able to we used some of the access we were given to that movie to springboard into a much larger conversation about. Uh, about the ongoing issue of racism in America and uh, and in the church as well, 
and uh, we, it's, a, it's a very important topic. It's a topic that's come up a lot this year. We really wanted to talk about it, but it, uh, but it was a, it was a tough one for the cover. Well, I, well, I, but beyond the cover, it did the story itself about racism in the church, and you know, sort of the juxtaposition with the film uh, coming out. It is a really uh, interesting look at uh, an issue that isn't addressed that frequently in the church because it is so difficult and such a heavy topic to try to address. Well, I mean, the the thing about 12 Years a Slave, it actually kind of, there are religious overtones to the story uh, very, very blatantly. And, and, you know, obviously then, I mean, where the, where the, where the, um, the, the slave owners, the slave masters would use scripture to basically um, validate their, their treatment of, of people and, and then using scripture manipulatively. And then also the liberation that kind of comes. I mean, scripture was kind of all over this movie and it was fascinating. So not only to look at racism in the light of this year and Trayvon and other things, but the fact that there's this conversation that the church isn't having and it, the church's role in that part of our history. And, uh, and so we, yeah, to expand it from just beyond the movie and take it into a kind of think piece, hold up the mirror to our generation and what can we do about it? Where are we going? I think was a really powerful thing to do. But again, tough to put that on the cover. We didn't know how, we, we, yeah. we, we, yeah. we toyed around with it a few times and just nothing seemed to quite do justice to how important the yeah. issue just was. Just sticking the movie on the cover didn't... Uh, didn't you don't want to trivialize such a, right. not that putting it on the cover would trivialize it, but it, visually it's it's difficult to execute something like that. Yeah. And then when the uh, Mindy Kaling piece came in and, and you know, the access we had to her and, and, and the success of the Mindy project and, and it's continuing to just get better and um, you know, obviously, the new TV season, the timeliness of it all—it um, it was. It, and uh, let's be frank: the fact that we needed to get some women on the cover of this we magazine. We needed to put a woman on the cover. You know? And too, the the the, the, the st- in addition, the, the story, the the feature on Mindy, I, I think all of our readers will enjoy, but it's going to hit home for a lot of of readers because this is a person who, as the story explains was very singularly focused to get to where, you know, she's, you know, she was a 20 something who was out there just hustling and and had a goal and has worked really hard to achieve that goal. And I think it's a really cool story uh, to read as, as a a young person to be like, man, look, there are people out there who work hard and make it happen and, and are able to accomplish their dreams. And here's some of the ways that she did it. And, and two, like one of the things we want the magazine to do, you know, a couple of people have asked like, wait, she's not a Christian. Why is she on the cover? Um, you know, one of the things we want to do is, is, is look at who is influencing culture and to sit down with the people who are kind of shaping where we're going yeah. and, and influencing others. And so like, for, there's nobody that's, that's kind of that in our generation more than Mindy right now. Agreed. And so to be able to sit down with her and talk about her goals, her ambition, her vision is, is challenging and interesting and compelling, even though there isn't necessarily a faith element to her story. Also in the issue, a, a number of uh, really interesting features. Uh, somebody that you heard just a few minutes ago, uh, Washed Out, is in the issue. It was a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great interview. G- done I'm by not, who? Uh, well, I mean... When you say a great interview, are you referring 50, takes, to the, to the interviewer or the interviewee? It takes two, man. Okay. Uh, we, we yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a, you know... There's, there's a lot of give uh, and take. An intimate tango that translates. <laughs> One of the standout pieces in the issue for me was was this piece um, that we titled Playing God? Question uh, mark, Which is a look at kind of 
uh, in science, the evolution of 3D printing and where it could possibly go and the moral and spiritual ramifications of, of where it could go in both, both the bio areas and the yeah. bioethics and all that, uh, and the technology side um, of, of you know, what man can create sort of a thing. One of the cool, so it was a great think piece, but one of the coolest things that, that I saw, the team pulled off probably the, the coolest iPad opener experience that we've done yet, where a 3D printer actually prints the typography for the article. And so in the magazine, it's a photo of this actual 3D printed type, but it was the design type, and it's really cool in multiple layers. And then in the iPad, it's actually the video of that actually happening. It's really sweet. And I've never actually seen a 3D printed, like held one in my hands before. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, it, yeah. it sounds like kind of like magic until you actually like David Blaine. see it. Or it, I mean, yeah. it's but, it, but and I don't want to demean it's Mr. Blaine. Basically, the dark arts. <laughs> I think David Blaine. Well, that's what the article's about. Printing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing God, the David Blaine story. <laughs> <laughs> you guys really need to get this issue <laughs> so if you have an ipad uh definitely uh, check this feature out on your ipad it, it it's kind of got a little wow factor uh element to it it's pretty sweet uh we also have uh an article with derek webb we talked to ellie golding um jonathan martin wrote a piece called can we know god that's a really good piece yeah. i had it, never it i had yeah. i had never really worked with him before but we had heard his name thrown around and he's he's another we had him on the podcast recently he wrote he wrote the book called prototype right um which, which we really loved and so when we asked him to write a piece, he was very excited about it. And he came back with a piece on, a, on the complexity of, of knowing God and how easy it is for us to simplify that or trivialize that to the point where we're working with sort of a facade of what an actual relationship with God is. It was a huge encouragement to me just to read the piece when it came in. He, he uses a, he references a really uh, cool metaphor in there about, you know, the whirlwind of, of yeah. trying, you know, yeah. trying to g- grasp something that is not graspable, you know, but, but at the same time, using, you know, what, what we know about God and a relationship with God to actually know something that's unknowable. I'm not doing this piece justice. It's such a complex topic that he's really able to unpack in a way that, um, you know, is really impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also in the issue, uh, a look at our generation. Are we really the narcissistic oh, generation yeah. Yeah. really come on all the press says we are or y'all are i don't know i'm on the cusp am i am i still i'm 29 now <laughs> you're in the you're in the meaty part of the curve um the selfie generation the self-promotional generation the narcissistic generation it's just, i mean it's been the cover of time it's everybody's getting a bad rap so we we kind of look at it and say like really and and so those are the fun. Those are the fun pieces to write. Is to take those sort of those those generally held assumptions that yeah. everybody believes to be true. Really, Time. And, really, uh, Time magazine. And just sort really? of knows to be a fact. Really. <laughs> or, or time. Yeah, yeah. I was picturing the the Fred Armisen character. What? No, no. I can't believe they. What? No. <laughs> uh, this piece was written by Fred Armisen, and yeah, uh, we got. We got and him. I just I just was reading it from yeah, the magazine exactly. by noted gener- generational expert Fred Armisen. And I, I, <laughs> took yeah. that to task. It was really because I, but they but not, no <laughs> but the stats uh maybe tell a different tale than what the assumptions tend to be we don't want to give it away yeah we're not going to give it away are we really this would be a good one to discuss but uh, we should probably have now's not it. the time yeah uh and and probably the most surprising feature 
I mean, there's, oh. there, uh, there's a couple more. I mean, the upside of a down economy, mm -hmm. we, we spotlight some really great innovators and entrepreneurs who uh, lost their job or, or in a bad economy just kind of came up with creative, innovative ideas. And these are some Christian innovators that are doing some amazing stuff. Um, we spotlight them. But then the most surprising piece probably for us to cover is uh, the lead singer of Megadeth is in the issue. <laughs> uh, no, Chad, play a clip. The, play a clip. Oh, we got some Megadeth? Okay. Oh man, it's one of my favorite Megadeth songs. <laughs> well, we got we, they they came, they contacted us, and um and when I saw Megadeth in the sub, we don't usually get bands like Megadeth approaching us. But when I read but when I read the story of uh, of Dave Ellison, uh, who 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 has just written a book, a memoir called My Life with Death, uh, it, it sounded so interesting to me that I that I brought it to the team, and we all agreed that it was a great story. So I so I went out. He he was in Nashville where I was at, and, and I went out and met him. And uh, and found him. It, it was. It. I thought it was going to be an interesting interview. I was not prepared for what an interesting interview <laughs> it ended up being. It was. It. It started with me spilling coffee all over myself, which is the last thing you want to do when you meet a legendary death metal bassist. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you lost uh, a lot of credit. I yeah. was trying he, to look he cool. He was that intimidating. I was trying to look cool. But your hand was trembling <laughs> to the degree that you spilled your own coffee. Uh, I just knocked a cup of coffee right out of my own hand. So right off the bat, he knew he was working with a professional, somebody who would handle his story <laughs> <laughs> articulately and elegantly. Um, but he's but but whatever someone, I thought, someone with poise. Whatever I thought, uh, somebody from Megadeth would be like. He he exploded my stereotypes, and again. I could say more. The crux of the, the story crux of the is... Story, the crux of the story is... You can tell. I can tell the crux of the, the, crux of the story is, is that he has become not only a, like, a Christian, uh -huh. uh, not only a, a, the lead worship pastor at his church, but has also now launched a ministry called Mega Life, pretty clever, in which, uh, in which he's, he uses to help people who are, who are addicts. He reaches out to people who are addicted to drugs and, and heroin and alcohol. And addiction. apparently the entire band are, are believers and now. now. They all, and now they're all doing it. They're all believers. But they're, but they're all still Megadeth. Yeah. Megadeth hasn't yeah. gone away. Right. This just, now they're all... Now Megadeth they're, so, will never go now away. They're just, Megadeth is forever. Right. It's like rock and roll. <laughs> but now they're just all Christians. <laughs> In the drop, we uh, talked to the Naked and Famous, Chris Tomlin, number oh, one... Yeah. Uh, uh, most sung artist in the yeah, world. Most sung artist in the world. Chris Tomlin's in the issue. The Digital Age, which is David Crowder band minus its namesake. Great guys. It'd be like Family Fun Night minus the family. <laughs> <laughs> elf on a shelf, but no elf. Just shelving. Just a shelf. Just shelving. Just, yeah, just a IKEA, piece of shelving. Ikea furniture. <laughs> <laughs> just a flume ball. <laughs> That's we, a shelf in Swedish. I got it. Yeah, it's, it was a great issue. And... Um, uh, We'd love it if you checked it out. Uh, you can preview the issue on the website if you want to like flip through a, a you know a PDF flipper. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com. If you want to subscribe to the paper edition, we'll mail it to you six times a year. Uh, you also, as a subscriber, get access to the iPad edition instantly and all of the online archives and our full eleven years of publishing. Um, uh, you get online access to that too. You get it all for fourteen ninety five. It's a good deal. We love the support. You can subscribe today at relevantmagazine.com. You can also find the iPad edition um, on the Apple newsstand and the paper edition at most Barnes and Nobles and other newsstands around the country, though 
they are dying quickly. Yeah, so get get them while you can. So get them while you can. Help, help your local Barnes and Noble out. Yeah, go help. <laughs> go, go give them. Go help them. <laughs> the thing of it is an act of charity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go there Thanksgiving night. <laughs> Eight o'clock. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. You guys did a fantastic job, especially in my absence, and I, I, I couldn't be happier with how the magazine turned out. Uh, well, stay tuned. Up next, Relevant Recommends. Woke up this morning listening to BDI. The song is Flick of the Finger. It's time for Relevant Recommends. This week, this segment is brought to you by Fracture. People take hundreds of digital photos, but most of them just end up trapped on your phone or computer. Fracture makes it easy to preserve your memories on your wall. A Fracture is a picture printed directly on glass. Have you seen this thing? Yes. It's way cool. It's very cool. It's picture, frame, and mount all in one. Everything you need to get your photo on your wall comes in the box. Prices start at just 12 bucks for a small size, and there's a variety of sizes to fit every wall. You just upload your picture at FractureMe.com, and if you use the promo code RELEVANT at checkout, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. They, uh, we did our cover, yeah. uh, the, the Mindy Kaling issue on uh, a fracture, and it is stunning how beautiful it is. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's like, gla- I mean, it's glass not like see-through. We're trying to, I'm trying to, for people to see it right, it's, but it's... But it, but it has a translucence about it, yeah. but it's not... Yeah, it's really it's not cool. like you can see the wall completely. It's very strange. I love it. I think it's very cool. I think it's very I cool as well. Good family photos, all of that. FractureMe.com, promo code RELEVANT at checkout. Get a discount. You'll like it. Okay, it's time for Relevant Recommends. I'd like to recommend a larger table. I'd like to start with that. <laughs> Small circular tables. Love that, was, that was all I've got. That's this awesome. Is, this junk is uncomfortable. <laughs> Weird. I'm smelling things I don't usually smell. That's Madonna. <laughs> I know. Like smelling truth or dare. Like here, my computer. What do you have there, Tyler? Um, well, I'm actually going to recommend an album that came out a little while ago. It just kind of flew under my radar, and I'm, I'm wondering if it flew other, under other people's too. Um, but but I've really, really enjoyed, and, and it's quickly becoming one of my favorites of the years, the newest one from Phosphorescent called the Machacho. Uh, Phosphorescent has made a career out of mostly sort of singer-songwriter type songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's generally very acoustic, but he, he changed the game a little bit on this one. It, it's a little different, and it's a little hard to explain in, in what way, but he goes into some sort of Sigurose-esque directions with a lot of reverb and a lot of uh, sort of anthemic, these really big, kind of a little bit meandering, but in a good way choruses. But there are some lyrics that, that really got into my guts and just sort of uh, just, just really move you, and he has a way of explaining himself very articulately and very clearly so uh, I've, I've been really enjoying it and I hope you guys will too here's a clip just as fickle as a feather stream see honey I saw love you see it came to me it put its face up to my face so I could see yeah then I saw love disfigure me I saw them recently. It was awesome. I was one of seven people there, not high. 
<laughs> but I would recommend the movie The Way Way Back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved it. Great. That, it's such an interesting picture of shame and yeah. how to fight shame through relationship. And like I would recommend and it's I think it's PG thirteen, but like every small group leader needs to watch that movie. Because Sam Rockwell, though he's not technically a small group leader, does such a great job of kind of fighting what shame looks like. And what's fascinating is the people that wrote it, one of the guys that wrote it was the principal from Community. And uh, it's a powerful movie. I totally recommend The Way, Way Back. Definitely. Uh, so, uh, real quick, mine is, this album's new-ish. I mean, it's, it's it came out just a couple weeks ago. I think, Chad, you were saying it's uh, featured on The Drop currently. And I know we've talked about it briefly before, but it's the the latest album from Dustin Kintrue, uh, The Water and the Blood. Definitely not a traditional praise and worship type of album, um, but all of the, the songs are uh, deeply spiritual. Um, Dustin Kintrue is the former frontman for Slice, and he, uh, for Slice, for Thrice, um, has also... Uh, uh, fronted the modern post recently but if you're looking for something a little bit different uh but still um at, with a, a spiritual uh theme to it check out his his latest album which is uh, had just come out a few weeks ago called the water and the blood also one of the recommendation uh check out the bob dylan interactive video uh oh, yeah. for like a rolling stone it is at 72 years old, Bob Dylan has reinvented the music video, and it's a trippy experience watching it. I don't want to say too much about it, uh, but it's fun to watch. It's fun to interact with, and that's on Bob Dylan's website. Well, here's, here's a clip of Dustin Kintrue's uh, The Water and the Blood. It's not enough. It's not enough. I could walk the world forever till my You can you can hear the the full album at the drop at rollmagazine.com. Go check it out. Uh, my recommendation comes from the Robert Glasper experiment, uh, fronted by yes Robert Glasper. Um, you might have remembered his last album. It's called uh, Black Radio. It won the Grammy in uh, 2013 for best R and B album. But what I love about uh, the Robert Glasper experiment is the way they fuse together like neo soul, hip hop, R and B, jazz. Um, this new album from him features Common, Nora Jones, Macy Gray, Snoop Dogg, Brandy, Jill Scott, and others. Um, it's just a really, really interesting listen. Um, it's really hard to kind of put your finger on what category of music this is, but it's a great album. It's called Black Radio 2, uh, and I would highly recommend it. Here's a clip. Well, that'll do it for Relevant Recommends. Make sure to go check out the segment sponsor, Fracture. FractureMe.com. Promo code relevant. Say 15%. It's really, really cool. Pictures printed directly on glass. Right before I met you, things were getting pretty green. I was on an upswing, though I could hardly hear a thing. I was looking up, looking You're listening to White Denim. 
Why are we playing this after Labor Day? So tacky. Hey, I don't. Do you guys own white jeans? I don't own any white jeans. I did at one point in my life, but That's I not a question, do not is now. It? I've never. I've never owned. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Do Do I not go out on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> do, I not, so, do I not stalk David Blaine at charity events? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do I wear to charity events that David Blaine is present at? Uh, white denim. The song is "Pretty Green." Pretty Green by White Denim. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Last week we asked you what timeless classic that's loved by everybody is just not loved by you. So movies, music, different things. Now, you, I, you, I've got something to offer here. Okay. I have compiled all of them into just a rapid-fire list. Okay. Is this something... There were that, so many. There's a lot of them. There were, as of yeah. the compiling of this list and the recording of the show, there were 53 of them, and wow. I've and that's excluding duplicates. Okay. Of which, oh, excluding duplicates. Oh, yeah, like there were seven of one particular entry. The Beatles. Uh, close. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you guys went over to relevantmagazine.com, hit the podcast episode page, hit your replies there. You hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and you posted over at our Facebook page as well. Here is the rapid fire answer to the beloved things that some of you, our dear listeners, do not love. Two for a Christmas story, Anchorman, anything pumpkin flavored, Arcade Fire, Austin Powers, seven for Avatar, that was the winner, five for the Beatles, Blink-182, Bruno Mars, Captain America. <laughs> Captain America? <laughs> what kind of socialist wrote that? <laughs> all right, all right. You should have that Russian listener. <laughs> yeah, who's our one? Zenya. Zenya. Okay, Zenya. Cheesecake, Donnie Darko, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, two for that, football, Two for Greece. <laughs> I don't that's, think that's the same of Captain America. Person. America, <laughs> break yeah. down this country. You only get one answer. Iron Russian Man, guy. Iron Man Two, Two for It's a Wonderful Life. Another person not liking jazz. Juno, Kevin Hart, Legends of the Fall, Les Mis. That is not okay. What Kevin Hart do to anybody? Anyway, maybe not be funny. I don't know. Uh, any, all Marvel movies. Michael Jackson? Whoa. Oh, Ooh, too Whoa. soon. Too yeah. Soon. Wow. Miracle on 34th Street, Monty Python, Mumford and Sons, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, Never Ending Story, The NFL, Nickelback, which is what we all agree who on. Likes uh, uh, who actually likes somebody, Nickelback? Right. Somebody, man. Pirates of the Caribbean, Princess Bride, Pulp Fiction, Raising Arizona, Rocky Horror Picture Show. We're rounding third here. Rolling Stones, two for Seinfeld. Which I know, I know. Stupid. <laughs> the, the, the same Un- America Unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe. Shrek, Super Mario Brothers, The Avengers, The Deer Hunter uh, movie, The Exorcist, The Godfather, The Notebook. I've never seen The Godfather. Really? It doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> we got to finish this bit because it's losing steam. I, I just, I'm shocked by this. Uh, the Notebook, right? The, two for The Princess Bride, The Sandlot, The Sound of Music, Thor, two for Titanic, three, including me for you 2 and The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Oh I feel like there's goodness. a dark horse. Why did you accept Nickelback? That's like saying you don't like Funyuns, which are, are beloved. They're not. They're disgusting. Right. I also yeah. agreed with somebody that said uh, Monty Python. I didn't think Holy Grail was funny. I tried. I really did. I did too. And a lot of people who and I there think was are no funny. part of it that you found amusing. I didn't say completely, Jesse. I think as a whole. I've, as said, as I've said mine in the past. Yeah. The yeah. Beatles. You said the Beatles. You said the Beatles. Yeah. 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 I thought you had to change your heart, though, Cameron. No, I bought their discography trying to force myself to like it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. You couldn't do it. And I just at the end of the day, just didn't like it. My dad, when I was in fifth grade, I was upstairs playing in my room and he said, hey, come downstairs. I need you to listen to something. And he sat me down on the sofa in front of like the big Wi-Fi, like not Wi-Fi, but the like the home theater. Hi-Fi. Yeah. Hi-Fi. That's yeah. it. It How like old are you, one. Eddie? And he played uh, and he put on Sergeant <laughs> Peppers and he made me listen to it front to back. Did you love as it? As punishment? I was, 
Yeah, I was blown away. Oh, it's, I couldn't oh. believe it, but it's like he had a sense that it was time yeah. for me to experience it. You I feel like every dog in the RCA ad. <laughs> <laughs> but it, is, it was kind of exactly like that. He just knew it was time. So yeah, Sergeant Peppers. But I get it. If you don't, you, you don't you like yourself. Well, well, to me, yeah. I don't think to there's me, any judgment in it. What happened was like, yeah. I wasn't raised on that music, yeah. and so I've heard all the music that was influenced by the Beatles first, and I feel music has evolved and gotten better. Like Maroon 5? Right. 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 So it'd be like somebody going, I love the Model T. Oh, the Model T! Yeah. And I'm going, but I love the new cars that were inspired by the Model right. T. And Before built on... That you're saying, the new That's... stuff we're getting is Ferraris based yes. on that junk we used to have. Right. I mean, like to me, <laughs> and I can, I can appreciate why the Model T was important, why it was groundbreaking, why it changed the game. This is a di- but but to me cars to are better out. now and to me music is better on now. my on my birthday of all days of all to days. do this <laughs> I'm not talking about Bruce Springsteen <laughs> what, I love what about what about Michael been, Jackson hey Bruce Springsteen's on my list he is. Uh-huh. I don't. Oh, I tried. Oh, I just oh, oh, you just made Tyler very upset on John. His we were getting along so well. You messed you it. You messed it up, John. It didn't sound like you messed it up. It didn't sound like you and John I, were getting I, along. I, well. I gave you one rule. John. It actually sounded a little bit tense. <laughs> one and weird. simple rule. Yeah, it was already tense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, I gave you one simple rule. Don't mess this up. What you do? You cross the balls. Go ahead and mess it up. I guess what I'm saying, Tyler, is I've heard bands he's influenced, like. Dave Matthews, and once you've got that, it's like a Model T. So I don't <laughs> I, look, listen, I got Dave Matthews and Maroon Five in the garage. I don't need to go cruising around the block on the Beatles. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that clunker Beatles album. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad our listeners feel safe to air the sort. It feels good when you get it off. It was your therapeutic. Chest. Yeah, I yeah, did like yeah. all the yeah. preface good. statements. Are like, I've always wanted to say this, but like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, fine. Nobody cares if you don't like whoever. Like, uh, well, I, I personally, <laughs> I think the one that actually bothered me the most that I, that was uh, Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> I was like, how can you not like the King, I he's the there's, there's things not to like. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson has there's some justified qualms. Well, maybe they don't like Michael Jackson, Jackson life. the person, maybe, maybe, his music. Yeah, <laughs> if we're talking about Michael's music, he was a sterling character. He's a great man. <laughs> we, can all, we can all respect and look up to. What you guys are talking about? He was the John Acuff of. Kings of whoa, 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 easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, go, I feel like it's wrap up time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier we were talking about uh, ye old Madonna, the number one entertainment earner of 2013, uh, and one of the driving forces of her infinite wealth is her smells. Yeah. The truth and dare, truth or dare, filthiest, grossest <laughs> preface ever. So <laughs> it got us thinking about celebrity perfumes or celebrity smells. What we want to know from you, question of the week this time what celebrities oh, should release a cologne okay. or perfume? Okay. What would it be called? Mm-hmm. And what would it smell like? This is great. I was afraid that it was going to be like, what celebrity would you like to smell like? <laughs> the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce. Uh, my, mine would be mine would be Black Magic by David Blaine. Oh, Black Magic. <laughs> oh, that's I like it. And it smells like whatever you're thinking about. It just <laughs> it's pretty I wish, special. I wish you would have saved that because you already <laughs> usurped all of our that, jokes. That was a, really good. That's golden. Yeah, that was great. Black Magic is a great name for David Blaine's club. <laughs> and, and, and it comes like it looks like a little box of playing cards. And it sprays. <laughs> <laughs> or does it? 
It's pretty special. It's a hundred million dollar product. You're welcome, David Blaine. I'll spare my soul from your wicked sorcery. Uh, any others? Any others? I'm, I, I'm not going to top that. Really, all right. All right. If you want to chime in and tell us uh, what celebrity you think should have uh, a signature scent or cologne, the name of the cologne and what it smells like, uh, write us at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can tweet us at Relevant Podcast or uh, find us on Facebook. I will. I will also just preface this with sometimes pandering in the comments gets us to like saying our name makes us read it. I will absolutely not read anything if you say like I want to smell like Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. No. Deleted. Deleted. No. Auto delete. We're IP sitting blo- really close right IP now. IP blocked forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever. Well, many thanks to Washed Out for talking to us. Uh, you can check out their new album. Paracosm, uh, everywhere music is sold. Uh, find out more at washedout.net um, as well. The new issue of Relevant is available now. New stands that actually have magazines. Uh, most of those would have it, Barnes and & Noble's and others. You can find it on the iPad or Apple newsstand as well. And you can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com right now and get access to all of it. Tyler, happy birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Tyler. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, guys. I yeah, I totally forgot. I Happy birthday. Taste it. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you got a pair of white jeans on their way with your name on them, friend. <laughs> it's it's uh, the last year of your 20s. Don't it is it. the last don't, year of my 20s. Don't mess it up. What is, <laughs> one, one prediction of this year, what's going to happen this oh, year? Oh, that's a good question. You, and question of the week for Tyler. <laughs> the question of the, my question of the week. Liz. I, want to, I uh, well, I have a few predictions for what's going to happen Ooh, this year. Give us one. I have a few predictions. For this. Um, I, I, would guess, I would guess that one prediction is... Um, Oh, new tattoo. Ooh. New tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. More de- details forthcoming. Cool. Gee, we'll I've be on the some, edge of our I've seats. I've some thoughts. So that <laughs> <was>. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't. It's you, man's birthday. You guys aren't here in the studio, we so Cameron gave me a disdainful look because he... <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be a table? He it's, it's the Chili's logo. <laughs> You're getting your Chili's logo filled in. They're setting up a pizza party it's a for bowl you. They're they setting up my pizza yeah. party. It's going to be go. a baby on your back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What in the world is that baby on your back? Baby backs. I like it. Um, okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm John Acuff. For Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. We've just ran some numbers. Once again, we have several bounce checks from you.